Are we recording? Yes. <laughs> Today looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi all, Five Strike Final, Bruce M. Jones from the Mothership in Dirty South Soccer, Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer Nights when in the game, and the Mothership sometimes is over there. Say hey Joe. Uh, hello Sam. How's it going? I'm kind of sad. Yeah. Weird fellow. We'll get to that in a little bit, but it's it's a weird yeah. atmosphere, right? Uh, you're kind of excited soccer's back, but then to have that happen is upsetting. We'll, we'll get into a little bit more. Uh, Lane United wins their first really televised, I guess, a game that we actually were able to kind of sit down and watch uh, in preseason against Birmingham. It's a 3-2 final, but of course, George Bello is hurt in about the, the 80th minute, something around there. Uh, we're waiting on updates on him. I, I believe Doug Roberson uh, said that they were checking him out for a head injury. Obviously, he gets hit in the head going up on a set piece. Falls back down, back first, essentially. Uh, I'm not sure if the actual fencing response is what it's called. It kicked in where you kind of flatten out, your arms go up in the air when you get a concussion. Uh, but it looked pretty similar at the very least. Uh, we're not doctors. We're not going to speculate he, too much. But he kind of like he kind of rolled onto it. Like when he landed, he like flipped onto his stomach. It looked like, and so and then he never moved from that position. That's what really had me worried was when they he was like he was laying on his stomach. His his legs were moving. He was like moving his legs, like kind of kicking them while he was laying down. Yeah. And then they cut away. They cut away for some interview that you know took a minute or two. And um, and then when they cut the camera back to him, he was just laying in the same exact position with his arm kind of awkwardly underneath him. Um, so it was kind of scary. That's what yeah, that's course, what had me the most scared was just the fact that he wasn't moving his upper body. Of course, they're obviously going to tell him to stay and not move anything. You're going to be immediately concerned about rupturing anything or moving anything with the neck or spine. So you're going to tell right. him to stay there. But it, it doesn't make it less frightening. In fact, it makes it worse for us as viewers. Um, but, but hopefully he's fine and we'll get an update on him soon, but, but dude can't catch a break. Um, rough, rough. We also have another guest online that we've kind of totally railroaded here and completely forgot about for a second because we're so upset about George, but, but Rob Ustry is over there and Rob say, Hey, how are you? Are you okay? We're not okay. We don't think. Hey guys, uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's, it's always troubling to see a player get either knocked out or, you know, stretch it off. It's you know, nerve wracking, but. Once you see it, you know, a hundred times, even if it is a team you love, it's kind of you kind of numb to it as a soccer fan. So you just gotta wait and see because it's always can be either worse than it looks, or hopefully it's worse than it looks. You know, or not, or better. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, it could, it could always turn out to be something minor. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. that's what we're all hoping for, for sure. Like I said, I haven't seen an update yet. We'll kind of keep an eye out. On that, Doug Roberson just tweeted, uh, Lady Knight and hopes to have a Bello update tonight. So we'll know sometime. You'll probably know before you even listen to this, to be totally honest. Um, so hopefully everything's okay there. Uh, but we've probably said enough about that. All we can do is wish and, and pray if we want to and all that kind of thing. Uh, but we'll go ahead and move into a relatively interesting preseason game, all considered. I've seen worse Open Cup games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was uh it it was a good it was a good run out. Honestly, I spent like 
a good chunk of the first half like trying to update an app on my computer so that I could record some stupid gif to post on Twitter about like <laughs> about a pressing situation. I thought that um I think my overall takeaway from we kind of have to look at this game first of all in, in terms of two halves, right? You had the starters and you kind of had the like a whole second team in the second half essentially. So uh the first half what I my biggest takeaway was I liked it, but I think that they will operate better in a four three three. I just felt like the team was getting outnumbered in certain areas of the pitch where it wasn't like a personnel thing where the players were underperforming or whatever. It was just a matter of the personnel or the shape and, uh, and just, just getting outnumbered tactically in certain areas of the pitch and just kind of being a step behind because of that. So I think that, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like I'm really hopeful, especially after, especially after seeing uh, Mateus Rosetto come in, um, about it, like a four-three-three with him in central midfield, I, I I think that you're looking at possibly basically inserting him into essentially what was the, the starting lineup of today's game, and it would be between Brooks Lennon and Franco Escobar, who's kind of up for grabs as the uh, the right back, and of course you would have uh, Fernando Meza in there as a center back next to Miles Robinson. You know that makes a lot of sense. It's all the three-four-three and and. It's just so unexciting to see that again at the beginning of the year. Uh, it, it'll be really strange to, if they decide to stick with that uh, through the beginning of the year, too. It, it'd be like learning the same lesson twice, essentially, because we did this last year, of course, and got thumped a little bit in our first uh, Champions League game. It eventually kind of it sorted itself out. We didn't see 3-4-3 again. So to see it back is, is kind of upsetting. <laughs> it's like walking down and like seeing the gross guy your mom's dating in his underwear in your living room again like why are you why are you back here why are you back here just like uh, that just exactly like that um four through three makes a lot of sense rosetto looked incredible i thought uh he was not playing with what i think would even be people relatively close to starting 11 for the most part uh, so that's really encouraging and i imagine the three with with him Heinemann, and, and lorenowitz makes a lot of sense right now if i'm having to put a best 11 out right now but i don't know rob what do you think about that yeah, it's hard to say. It's like he, all three games are so far. He seems committed to this three four three. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him to you know to keep practicing this and just switch automatically like that. I know you're trying to fit Rosetto into the lineup because obviously he had just a great forty five minutes and he, he he he's obviously a starting quality player for this team. So you got to try to fit him in somewhere. But I just don't know. Like I think in the first half you saw uh, Pity. Um, and Barco really combining with Joseph, getting close to him. And I don't know if that happens in a 4-3-3-2. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about making sure that Pitsy and Barco are the most effective they can be, and I'm not sure if the 4-3-3 gets them that way. I did think that the three, the formation today was fine when, in certain moments, when Atlanta United was able to be effective in the press, which they were from time to time. It's not like a 3-4-3 is like completely got to throw it out the window. Uh, I just felt like they weren't able to really control midfield. I feel like that 3-4-3 just asks a, a hell of a lot out of Emerson Heinemann and Jeff Lorenowitz to cover a lot of ground and to be really sharp with their their positioning tactically. And so I just think, I don't know, I feel like the 4-3-3 the three just allows you to just clog up midfield a little bit more. But, but that's besides the point. I, I do want to talk about Rosetto. I thought he was really good. And obviously the technique, the, the technical skill that we saw from him was about what we would have, 
you know, what, what you hope to see. But I was really impressed with his general awareness. He seemed to be very cognizant of where the space was going to be for him to turn into, you know, based upon the runs that his teammates were making. I was worried about him coming into this team and how he would gel with the other players and whether would he look unsure of himself? Would he um, would he make like kind of dumb mistakes and not anticipating what a teammate would do? And I just thought he he looked re- like his the way he moved the ball, the way he turned into space was really smart. And uh, and it looked like he'd been playing with the team a lot longer than he has. Yeah, the adjust- adjustment period seemed a bit diminished. Of course, he's playing against USL guys. We got to keep that in mind, too. And I think it was pretty much the second string. Yeah, USL the second string of USL. Yeah. Right. Um, so people pretty much on trial, right, who aren't really earning anything for playing soccer, were out there. And to be fair, he torched them. Like, not everyone can torch them. Uh, you know, he, he did do what he have. Yeah, he did what he had to do. Um, so, you know, it, it's exciting, I guess. But it, there's also a little bit, like, I, I hope we don't get too carried away with with hyping him up and maybe dropping Miguel Almiron references and things like that, you know, that could be really uh, uh, detrimental to our expectations and happiness compared uh, to, to other players that we've maybe hyped up a bit in the past. But he was excited and the goal was gorgeous. Uh, two really pretty goals today from Lane United players who I think are getting a lot of buzz now. After that, of course, uh, Zeke scores first and he was really, really sharp all day, I thought. And he gets the ball from Pity out wide. And finishes really, really nicely on his right foot. Um, that was extremely exciting. So there were some high points today. There, there really, really were, I think. Can we just take a minute to appreciate the instant, instant gratification of the whole Rosetto thing? We signed him on Monday, I think it was. And then, you know, five days later, he's getting 45 minutes and we don't have to do the whole, when is he going to play? When is he going to play? What does he, what does he play like? He, he comes right in. He presses, you know, against, you know, obviously lower talented players, but still, I mean, even if you're going up against, you know, statues, you can tell when the player has quality, and he and he does have that. So I think it's a reason to be excited. Yeah, and he seems to me like a player who will really be able to combine well. Uh, and I think that, like, what he does will work perfectly with the kind of movement that we saw from Pitti and, uh, and Ezekiel Barco today, where they were doing a lot of floating around, a lot of kind of, like, it was like a, you know, like running the three-man weave, you know, like there was no, th- there's that front three of Ezekiel Barco, Pitti Martinez, and Joseph. And of course, Joseph is the striker. He's going to be the one who's primarily making those forward runs toward the box. But overall, the three of them, the way that their movement, the way that they combine with each other, f- kind of just floating around, they almost have free roles in the attack. I mean, I think they do really just like all three of them technically have, can just do whatever they want to try to combine. And I think that if you get somebody who's, composed on the ball like Rosetto, I think that's only going to make those guys even more effective. But I think to your point, Sam, I love watching Barco run at a defender with the ball. Like he'll like, he, he does that thing where he's just like rolling, uh, rolling his foot over the ball. And it's just like, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. The ball is just spinning on the grass perfectly. And you can tell like against the defenders that he was going against today at USL level, like, they were really on skates and he could just kind of, you could tell he had that confidence where he could just, uh, he could just run at him and, and he could cut either way. We saw him get a few shots cutting into that right foot from the left side. It was just exactly what you want to see from Marco. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, any other bright spots that kind of stuck out to you guys, any other negatives? It's, it's just preseason. It's kind of hard to take things away from it. Uh, anything else that stood out? Uh, 
Yeah, for for me, there was I, I think on the negative side, it was the buildup from the back. I, I tweeted about this, and I think Felipe Cardenas said something similar on Twitter, and that's that the team just struggles without Leandro Gonzalez Perez. There's no one who can really progress the ball from those positions. When you've got George Campbell, Miles Robinson, and Franco Escobar, I mean, Franco Escobar, we think of him as an attacking player because we all know he's got that speed. He's been used as a right wing back, but he's really not a player who's going who you want to like give the ball out um, from the goalkeeper and try to find, you know, incisive passes into midfield. He's not really that kind of player to me. So I thought the team really struggled to kind of build from those positions. And it's also why I've kind of clamored for this team to sign a real defensive midfielder who has an ability to pass the ball because you know, if you have someone who can pass the ball, who's sitting in that deep lying position, he can come close to Miles Robinson or George Campbell and pick the ball off of them and then find the pass and be able to progress the ball. I just felt like the team struggled in that area today. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. Uh, I think a long, long spells in that first half, it was, I don't want to say it was worrying, but, you know, it kind of felt like last year when we just kind of, a little bit mundane, a little bit failing to create many chances. Uh, we eventually got there with Pitti. I think I was really impressed with Pitti on the on the goal because he just seemed like he really manned up and you know split two defenders. Uh, was really taking the game to him. So if we get that Pitti for the for this season, I'm pretty excited. But I agree with the whole build up play. Um, I think it kind of makes sense uh, when when you think about Rosetto and Heinemann playing in that midfield position. If we do keep this three three four three. Both of them can work out of tight areas and drive the ball upfield. That kind of negates that that lack of uh, distribution out of the back. But I, I agree with Joe. That is a little bit concerning in how we handle that going forward. The collective Nagabe replacement there, If you, I think if you put Heinemann and, and Rosetta there. I'm also having trouble with Rosetta's name. I, I, like, I've been listening to a lot of like mafia things lately, right? It's like you want to call him like Matty Risotto or something like that, something <laughs> uber mafia. Um, so I'm going to try to work that out through the rest of the season, but he was excellent. Um, and you guys bring up some, some legitimate concerns there, but then again, it's, it's just preseason. So we're not going to take too much away from it. I promise. I promise. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not taking a ton away from this game, especially when you look at, I think walks anti walks playing at left wing back to me, that is a pure fitness move. Like that is just to get him out there. Um, get him in a place where he's going to be running a lot. Of course, that's you know could be in a, a position he plays during the season, but I would not expect him to be like the the starting left wing back for this team. Um, you know, again, I, you know, to go back, yeah, to I, Bello, did, I it, didn't it's, know he could do that. Like, yeah, I, I didn't I, know I either. No <laughs> he uh, he said I didn't realize until we talked to him early this week at the training ground. He said he played some left back when he was at Portsmouth. He played both sides at fullback. So. That was the first I'd heard of him, him, him there. I mean, I've known of him for quite a while because I'm a Tottenham fan, and he came up in the Tottenham Academy, and he was a center back coming up in the academy. I don't really recall him playing much left back at that time. So, yeah, I think it's a relatively new thing for him. And, uh, you know, he was just kind of average out there. He was, a, he was a warm body. He was making runs up the wing, but that's if about he, it. If he can play left back, that's perfectly fine. But him playing left wing back is just – completely counterintuitive to what you're trying to do in that formation. You want totally someone agree. pace and, you know, be able to distribute. He's just like a body out there. He's a more defensive player. So if we are playing that 4-3-3, and he, he is a pretty good option for that left-back spot, but it, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever in that position. 
Yeah, I, I, to- I totally agree. Like, if you're playing a three at the back, you need your wingbacks to be legitimate attacking threats going forward. Otherwise, you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. You're, it, it, you know, you're, you're going to end up playing the game a little bit more defensive. What was it that Frank DeBoer t- said last year about playing in a back three? It was like, if you dominate, then you'll be great or something like that. You know, it's like it all just... <laughs> Who knows what Frank Frank DeBoer says a lot of words, but uh... he does say words. What, are the, what does he mean when he says words? He knows. He's like, you know, if, if you play individually well, you can dominate. But, you know, you if you don't have if that if those positions don't present a legitimate attacking threat that the uh, that the opposing team needs to be aware of defending, then you're just kind of putting yourself on the back foot. What did y'all think of Walks's counterpart? I think it was Lennon over there on the right. Did y'all happen to notice anything from him? Yeah, I noticed uh, on the goal, he actually had a really nice pass to, uh, to Pitti. Um, it was like a little line drive pass towards the midfield. The, the, I wasn't expecting it. Was, it, was, it was quite nice. Um, other than that, you know, he was kind of invisible. Uh, he had he tried to link up with Joseph a few times. They were kind of off sync. Um, I still think it's a work in progress, but I don't think, I don't think he's going to be uh, pe- having people forget about Julian Gressel anytime soon, but he looks, <laughs> he's, he's all right. Yeah, I I actually liked him a lot. I, I thought his ability to keep the ball in certain situations was good. Like he, I th- I thought he showed some technical ability in those in those situations. Like there was one where he actually kind of messed up a play, and I can't remember what it was. And uh, he 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 kind of messed something up. What was it? There was like a shot in the box or something. He could have had a shot attempt anyway, but he actually kept the ball and he was able to um, not make a total failure out of it. You know, he kept the ball kind of brought to the corner and then was able to serve across back into the box. So I liked him. And again, his his speed really stands out to me on the right side over what Gressel presented. Gressel was more of like a player who could read the game very well from that wide spot and take take advantage of positional advantages and like seeing where space was and go into those spaces. But those spaces had to be created by the technical ability of Pitti and Barco playing together on the other side where they just, they took the attention of the defense and then Julian Gressel was able to exploit. I feel like uh, Lennon can do a little bit more individually on his own. He's still probably not a guy who's going to be like pulling tricks and getting by people in that sense. But I do think that his speed gives you, gives defenses just a little bit more that they'll have to kind of be aware of. All right. Well, there you go. That's our preseason roundup of that. That's probably, we're not going to do one for the next preseason game. Please don't make me do that. Uh, But we're not far away, y'all. We're not far away. It felt good to sit back and, and listen to to Mike and and Jason on the radio call there for a little bit to watch some of the stream to just kind of have Atlanta United back in our lives. You know, one more one more distraction on the great slog towards death that we're all on. We've got soccer back, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I do. It's that this uh, the show is brought to you by Lucid FC, who's partnering with us this year, and Sam. Uh... Totally knew that. Uh, yeah, yes. no, but FC, if you, don't, if you don't know, footwear and clothing. So they're not a football club. They're a footwear and clothing club, right? Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. they, they've got really cool stuff. It's like uh, they're in Urban Outfitters. They're in several different kinds of stores, or you can shop uh, their own store at lucidfc.us. And it's like European style, I think like British, modern British kind of attire, pants, outerwear, hats, shirts, 
they gave me a bunch of this stuff and it looks great. I love to wear it around. Uh, in fact, like I wear it around all the time. It's like the primary thing in my wardrobe now. So uh, definitely check them out. Go look. I, I like I'm positive that a lot of our fans would like the kind of style uh, that they bring to the table. So, um, yeah, check them out. Lucid FC. And thanks for uh, supporting the show. All right, Rob, anything else you want to get out of here? Maybe some personal sponsors, maybe some personal updates, brands, anything? I'll just say that the key to life is to be optimistic. Don't don't mention or say any bad things, especially on Twitter, and life will be good. Hold on, I, I actually have a talking point that I want to I want to pick you guys. Joe, <laughs> fine, go All ahead. Right. So, if we're in a four three three, do we agree that the best midfield is Lorenowitz, Rosetto, and Heinemann as the three central midfielders? Yes. Do we have another midfielder that you could play instead of Laurentowitz in that position? Because I'm not really trusting Remedi to be like a holding midfielder behind two more attacking guys or Mo Adams, who people have been floating to me. That hey, seems like an even worse idea. Let's, let's not slag on Mo Adams. His pass to Rosetto <laughs> on the goal was pretty damn nice. Let's, it let's was. That. To me, like, Mo Adams it's, is a – he's he's a – he's a player that should be a little bit higher up the field. Like he's a guy, he's more of like an all action midfielder, a lot like Remedi to me. Whereas like Lorenowitz is a different kind of midfielder. Maybe Anton walks can play. I was about to say, is it walks? Like, I I guess that's the only one I can think of. If you'd really step in and fill the same kind of role potentially, but that seems like a huge risk right now. So we've got a 36 year old or a fullback. Take your, take your pick. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are questions about how adept, walks is in the middle of the field i think that that's what tata martino saw with him as a center back he he was a little bit yeah. overwhelmed as a center back and then he was so much more effective when he was on the on the you know at right back there's just a, a lot less to worry about it's like playing 180 degrees instead of 360 you know and especially as a midfielder instead of a of, instead of playing as a center back you really are like full you know the action is happening all around you and you have to be really tactically astute so it'll be i would like to see him in that role just to kind of get a look at it. Not that I have extremely high hopes, but I am just a little worried. I, the reason I bring this up is I just do feel like the team is light in that position with like a real rock solid defensive midfielder there. He was, a, he was a lot more mobile on that left-hand side than I really expected him to be. So I'd, I'd like to see him in that role, just to get a shot every once in a while, just to see if he can do it. Did he, did he look like smaller to anybody? Else? Like to me, he looked, I was like, it's Whoa, that's Anton Watson. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah, super disappointing to like yeah. see him all like shaved now and everything. It kind of sucks, actually. Yeah. Um, no, it's like I don't know. It's like seeing your friend come back in like a suit. You know, it was, it was funny because when we were talking, Anton Walks got a corporate job in finance and came back <laughs> to play soccer. It's funny because when we were talking to him earlier this week, that came up, and I, he may have even brought it up. He's like, "Yeah, I had different hair," and then you could tell he was like embarrassed about how his hair used to be. You could like tell it was it was kind of funny. So, it's all Brandon Vasquez's influence. There's no one there to make him do like Instagram selfies anymore. I guess it's funny. I have a one of my best friends is um, now he's a banker. He went to law school and everything. But in his uh, in our senior year of high school slash freshman year of college, he like grew his hair out to his shoulders, and uh, and it's so fun. Like he still like you know every once in a while people will like give him some crap for it or give him some guff for it or whatever you can tell. And he's clearly very embarrassed by it now at this point in his life, now that he's got two kids and a, a nice house. Um, <laughs> but like that, that's why I feel like 
That's how I feel like Anton walks. Is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, be true to yourself. <laughs> oh, your, God. your music festival, you know, mm. inner self. Yeah. Now Anton walks went from jamming at a music festival to fish to like attending classical music concerts. It's it's deeply right. disappointing. Deeply. Um, hopefully his year is not disappointing. Hopefully everything works out fine. Uh, but you're right. That that spot at the base of the midfield is is concerning because we've said it a million times. We never know how long Jeff's going to last. We just don't. Um, but every year we say that, and then he yeah. comes back and you know balls out. So he, he is like, like, he's aggressively fit. Jeff Lorenowitz is extremely. It's very intimidating in the locker yeah. room for sure. <laughs> yeah, when he, that's what I was going to say. When you like take when he when when you see him without a shirt, it's like it's like come on, you're kind of like this is you're kind of like an asshole. You're like way too in shape. Yeah, especially that age. Like you, you throw on right. top of like the actual like fitness plus the dad strength. It's a it's a rough combination. You go back and look at that push he had against Red Bulls. I forget who, who stepped to him, but I mean he just threw him like a rag doll. It's basically that. He's got that uh, that Charles Schwab strength, you know, that strength of someone who's <laughs> for like who, his like Roth IRA. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got the strength Both? of yeah, yeah. The guy who's um, got a diversified portfolio. Yeah, yeah, okay. This this has gone off the rails. <laughs> but I'm glad it did. I'm glad you and me stick around to do this. Oh, <laughs> we're going to get out of here. Uh, you can go follow Rob at, at Rob Ushry, U-S-R-Y, on Twitter. You can follow Joe Patrick at JAPatrick200. You can follow me at J underscore Sam Jones. Uh, keep an eye out. I've got some news coming. I've got some personal news coming. I'm just going to tease that because I'm excited nice. about it. Um, go follow Dirty South Soccer at Dirty South Sock, S-O-C. And of course, check out Dirty South Soccer for for all of your dirties or for your Atlanta United and other soccer needs. And then go ch- listen out to uh, Miles of the South because they also work with us and they're good. They're good at what they do. Yeah, you'll be able, actually be able to hear what they're saying because they have oh. you know <laughs> professional mics instead of yeah yeah ones that I stole just now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, so they'll have a show on Wednesday. Perfect. All right, let's get out of here. Bye, y'all. Bye.